All right, we are back. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Good morning, Kathleen. Hi, good morning. Hi, thanks for joining us on the show. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. Really enjoyed your book, The Wine Lover's Apprentice. Okay, so you stumped me here. How do you pronounce this word? O-E-N-O files. Enophile. Enophiles. And and so is that somebody who loves wine? Yes, it is. Okay, I've never heard that word, and I didn't want to even attempt to pronounce it. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, what inspired you to write this? So what inspired me were really the students that I teach in my classes. They really are able to kind of drill down and get to the heart of things. And it made sense. There are so many wine books out there that are very dense and deep and wordy. And I really wanted to come, come at it with an approach for people who want to know more about wine but don't know where to start. Right. So something that was a little bit less intimidating and could just say, hey, here's what the region is known for, here are what the grapes, and here's what, the, what it's probably going to taste like. Now, um, let me start from this. So typically I remember hearing that certain types of food, you have red wine versus white wine. I mean, does that still hold true? Um, in a few certain cases, just because there's an interaction between red wine and certain fish that just put, puts a metallic taste in your mouth, and okay. I think that's just not really pleasant for anybody. But really, a better guideline to go for is drink heavier wines with heavier foods and lighter wines with lighter foods. So if okay. you're having a steak, you can have it with a nice big Napa Cabernet, mm-hmm. but you could also have it with a really nice, rich, rounded Chardonnay if you're a white wine drinker. And kind of the same goes with lighter foods. Pick a lighter wine like a Pinot Noir or a Sauvignon Blanc, you know, if you're having, you know, pasta or something like that. Here's a a complete uh, question, a question you probably might not have heard before, because I had a reaction to sulfites years ago. Yes. Why is that in in wines? Is that to preserve the wine? Uh, Sulfites naturally occur in wine and a lot of other foods. so people don't really kind of know what causes the headaches. It can be really different reactions for different people. Mm-hmm. But some people say that buying a, a wine that's organic or biodynamic uh, has less of a sulfite influence on it, and it feels better for people. Okay. Yeah, I actually broke out in, like, blisters on my face. Like, I, oh. I, I had this crazy skin reaction. You know, I just figure I just have a very sensitive skin. But I, I figured at some point I should try organic. Or is there sulfite-free wine? There's no such thing as sulfite-free wine. There isn't. Okay. No. Organic has no added sulfites, okay. but they still have sulfites in them. Yeah, but that would be worth trying. So Absolutely. Uh, so tell me, what would you like listeners to know about your book? Uh, it's the best wine guide ever written. <laughs> You're so uh, no, humble. It's, 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 really be- it's meant to be a very user-friendly guide. So there's mm-hmm. chapters on how to buy wine in a restaurant, how to buy wine when you're at an unfamiliar wine store or you're just not sure what you're doing or the wine, people in the wine store don't know what they're doing. Uh, it talks a little bit about the different flavor profiles you'll get in, in wines, whether they're old world or new world or whether they have oak or don't have oak or what kind of climate they're from, so that when you are looking at a bottle or, or at a restaurant list, you'll be able to say in your head, oh, that's probably going to be a fruitier wine or that wine might be a little bit drier. This wine's going to be you know, rich or, or, and you'll have a a good, it's sort of like playing the odds of of what a bottle is going to taste like. And it gives you the knowledge to know what you're getting in the bottle. Right. The chapters are great. They're nice and short. They're so informative, like get to know your grapes. I didn't know half the stuff in here. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, again, it goes towards, it it goes towards creating a knowledge base so that you understand a Cabernet will taste like X and a Merlot is going to taste like Y. And these are the differences between them. So depending on what you're in the mood for, you can make your best wine choice. 
And that wine list they hand you at, you know, fancy restaurants can be completely overwhelming. Yes, I get overwhelmed sometimes, and everybody always gives it to me. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm going, no, no, please, somebody else. But it, it helps narrow down, uh, you know, a few places to start. You know, what, what are some sort of you know, crowd-pleasing wines that most people like? Because, you know, mm-hmm. some people are like, oh, I don't like Chardonnay, or I can never drink whatever else. There are, there's a lot of wines that sort of straddle everybody's taste, and that's mm-hmm. always a really good place to start. So what are your, some, some of your favorite wines? Oh, gosh. Um, I really love everything, but okay. I've fallen in love recently with Chilean wines. They give just really good bang for the buck and yes. wonderful flavors and richness, especially their Merlot. I, I used to drink Merlot. Yes, that was one of my favorites. It's um, just, just really, really nice. Uh, my all-time favorite grape is sort of an obscure grape that's grown mostly in northern Italy called Nebbiolo, mm-hmm. which is a great wine, uh, you know, with sort of pizza and, and roasts and heartier kind of fare. It's just this warm, cozy kind of wine for me. And I also have to confess, I'm a fan of a big, oaky, buttery Chardonnay. I know that's kind of unpopular sometimes. Really? Oh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but, but I love the richness of it. I, I love those. I, this is a very informative book, too. I love the diagrams of Napa and uh, France. Have you been there? Uh, I have been both to Napa and France. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't hit every wine region in the book, but it's so much fun to go visit and see you know, yeah. where, where the grapes are grown and where they come from and to understand you know, a lot of these concepts that are talked about in the book. Oh, now I understand why a warm climate wine tastes like this, because you're standing there in the warm climate. You can see the sun, and you can see the, the water and experience the wind, and right. that's how it all comes together. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, what must have been a tough thing to have to go travel to do the research for the book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. It's, it's, a, it's a shame. <laughs> yeah. and, to, and to taste all this wonderful wine, too. Yeah. Gee, that's a bummer. It is. <laughs> Are you going to do your next book on chocolate? <laughs> oh, what a great idea. You know, I, uh, my cousin actually works at uh, Dandelion Chocolate in uh, San Francisco, and they go to the other, you know, different countries, and they know the farmers, and it's amazing. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. See, I gave you a next book idea. You, you did. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so anything else you'd like to leave the listeners with? You know what? Explore and have fun with wine. You know, we always get into a little bit of a rut, and we just drink it. And we think, oh, this wine is good, or it's bad, or it's Mm -hmm. fruity. Take a moment to really explore what's going on and drill down. What kind of fruit is it? Is it a red fruit? Is it a citrus fruit? Is it maybe a little bit more lime or lemon? And don't be afraid to try something new. Do some people try to make their own wines? They do. Successfully? I mean, is it hard? Um, Yes and no. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's a very basic process of just throwing some grape juice in and some yeast and, and letting it ferment. Uh, you just need some barrels and, or some stainless steel containers. And, yeah. and I uh, know a lot of people who do this in their homes. And, you know, good is sort of in the eye of the beholder. Right. I would imagine it would be kind of hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of time-consuming. I, I don't know. It's, it's a little bit time-consuming, yeah. but if you start with good fruit, that's half the battle. I mean, people make beer, so. Yeah. yeah. And do other things like that. So um, this is a wonderful book. Like I said, it's, um, each chapter is very you know, short and sweet and great details about different regions. And um, do you have some of your favorite regions here in the United States? Oh, gosh. You know, I, f- I fell in love a couple years ago with Sonoma. 
Yes. It's a little bit more off the beaten path. It's kind of, it's between Napa and the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just wonderful and charming, and the people are so nice, and they do Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, and they're just really delicious. Uh, but Oregon is, is beautiful, too. You go up to wine country up there, and they're also just geniuses with Pinot Noir. Yeah. And, and those wines. I don't know if you knew this, but at Sonoma State, they actually have a major. You can uh, major in uh, winemaking and management. Well, so the best schools for that are, are out there in California. Mm-hmm. I think but it's great. And, and you guys also have the southern uh, California wine region, Santa Barbara, Paso Robles. Yes. Where, where are you from? Uh, I'm based in New York. Okay. I grew up in New York. Oh, how fun. Yeah. yeah. What part? Uh, East 86th Street. Oh, no way. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Do you live around there? No, I live about 30 miles north, but my brother-in-law and his family live, I want to say, on East 85th, so not too oh, far from you. How funny. Yeah. It was great growing up there. I mean, I I had my fill, and then I kept going in and out of the city, so it was like I never left. Um, but it's a great experience culturally. It is, no question. So where can people find out more about you? Uh, so they can find out more about me at finewineconcierge.com. And there's information on my blog, on my book, uh, you know, the other things that I do with my company, and it's a good place to start. Great. And if people have questions, um, can they, you know, reach out to you on Facebook? They can. On my contact information, uh, they can reach me there. I'm on Facebook uh, as Fine Wine Concierge. So just Google it and you'll find me. Fantastic. Kathleen, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Have a great day. Have a good day. day. Bye-bye. That was Kathleen Burchad calling in to talk about her book, The Wine Lover's Apprentice. Really interesting book. Lots of information, you know, in a way that it doesn't overwhelm you and uh, great details. All the info about her book is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And within an hour after I wrap, I'll have this conversation on there as well. If you want to find out about being a guest on my show, all you have to do is send me an email J-A-N-E-A-N-E, that's J-A-N-E-A-N-E at K-U-C-I dot org. And uh, yeah, just send me some info on you or someone you know that might be a good fit for the show. I want to mention I am on Twitter at at, uh, moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. And K-U-C-I is on Twitter at K-U-C-I FM. We're on Instagram at K-U-C-I FM, Tumblr, blog dot K-U-C-I dot org and Facebook at KUCI 88.9. We'll take a little break, and then we'll be back. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. 